0: hello everyone and welcome to six pack of facts the weekly way of expanding your brain six refreshing facts at a time my name is alex and today we're getting a little sticky and a little hairy which sounds gross it's time for tar pits and woolly mammoths let's go Before we dive into the sticky, bubbly fate many unlucky creatures faced in tar pits, let's explore exactly what tar pits are. Tar pits are more accurately called asphalt pits because of their source. Texas tea, black gold, crude oil. When crude oil bubbles up from the surface through fissures, lighter substances in the oil evaporate, leaving behind the thick goo. The reason these pits are more accurately called asphalt pits is because tar is a naturally occurring substance created from a number of organic materials such as wood, peat, and coal, while asphalt comes from the aforementioned oil. Now, if you want to give in more accurate, the pits would technically be called bitumen pits since asphalt is created by mixing a binding agent like pebbles or sand with the raw bitumen, the actual viscous material left behind from the oil evaporation process. But we'll just stick to the accepted tar pit moniker. No need to get too pedantic. There are notable tar pits and asphalt fossil areas located across the globe, included in Azerbaijan, Venezuela, Peru, Cuba, and more, but we'll be focusing on two sites in particular. The first is one of the most well-known tar pits in the world, the La Brea Tar Pits in Los Angeles, California. During the Miocene epoch, which lasted from around 23 to 5 million years ago, ocean basin marine plankton slowly turned into oil thanks to a lot of pressure and a lot of time. Since then, that oil has been seeping up to the surface through faults or porous rock layers. The last 50,000 years have been a collectathon for the La Brea tar pits, but we'll get to that in just a minute. The next tar pit is Pitch Lake in the village of La Brea on the island of Trinidad. For those of you keeping track, that's two La Brea's, and that's because the California Pit and the Trinidadian Asphalt Lake have a common thread running through them. Spanish. Brea is Spanish for pitch, or tar, and because of the influence of Spanish explorers and colonists in both areas, the names came to be. Back to the actual tar pit itself. Pitch Lake is the largest natural tar pit in the world, and was created when the Caribbean continental plate subducted under another plate opening faults that allowed crude oil to bubble up. In addition to its fossil findings, Pitch Lake has been the source for much more utilitarian endeavors. Amzie Barber, an American business person known kind of embarrassingly as the Asphalt King, used the lake as a source for his company and paved many of the first asphalt roads in several eastern cities in the United States, including New York and Washington, D.C., Of course, tar pits are much more than asphalt sources. These sticky death traps have provided a ton of fossils over the years. More than one million bones have been recovered from the La Brea tar pits, spanning more than 230 different species. But that doesn't mean the pits are terrifyingly deep abysses filled to the brim with bones. They're actually just inches deep. When a heavier animal wandered into the tar, their legs would get stuck and sometimes sink a bit into the pit. Healthier and stronger creatures might have been able to eventually get free, but others weren't so lucky. They would succumb to exhaustion and remain on the surface of the pit for weeks or even months before eventually sinking into the earth. These sticky corpses were extremely tempting. A single trapped animal could attract dozens of predators, these animals, hoping to get a quick snack, would also get stuck in the tar and eventually die, contributing to the huge number of fossils that have been found in the murk. Bones from saber toothed cats, limbs of ground sloths, and dire wolves are among the collection of Ice Age creatures to be recovered, but the Labrea tar pits, specifically, have also provided more than 150 species of plants, too. Big cats, Big dogs and old fauna aren't the only impressive things that have been found in tar pits. The bubbly death traps have also claimed much larger creatures mammoths. The La Brea tar pits are jackpots of Ice Age fossils, and that's why we need to break down exactly what mammoth means in this context. A mammoth is any species of extinct genus Mammothus. They sported long tusks and, in northern species, long hair. Which brings us to what most people think of when they hear the word mammoth. Woolly mammoths. This species was the last of the mammoths to appear, thundering onto the scene around 400,000 years ago. Despite the colossal name, woolly mammoths weren't actually that mammoth. An average male woolly mammoth's shoulder height was between 9 and 11 feet tall, and they typically weighed in at around 6 tons. This is very close to the African elephants on the planet today. But even though the mammoth part of the name doesn't quite pan out, the other half certainly does. Woolly mammoths had a two-part coat, a layer of foot-long or longer hairs, and an undercoat of shorter, finer hair. Another trait that set them apart from present-day elephants was was their ears. Instead of large ears, woolly mammoths had shorter, furry ears. Both the hair and the shorter ears were important adaptations. The features helped protect the animals from the chill of the Arctic cold and the danger of frostbite. All the wool in the world wasn't enough to keep woolly mammoths from going extinct, but what exactly caused the end of the beasts? There have been several theories over the years as to why Ice Age megafauna went extinct during the late Pleistocene and early Holocene epochs. This rapid event is called the Quaternary Extinction, the flaming out of many large animal species in a span of around just 70,000 years. The answer? Those pesky Ice Age humans. To put the pieces of the death puzzle to rest, researchers studied the migration patterns of humans cross-referenced with the extinction dates for several species of megafauna, including the woolly mammoth. They found that while climate shifts certainly played a role in the decline of the species, it wasn't until humans stepped onto their turf that the final death knell rang. It's not known why these early humans were snuffing out the creatures at such a rate. Food, fire, simply being pushed out of advantageous habitats. The research doesn't specify. Whatever it was, though, humans were definitely behind it. There was a group of woolly mammoths that managed to escape the humans, but their fate wasn't too great. Thanks to rising ocean levels, the last of the woolly mammoths became stranded on what is now Rangel Island in Siberia. Once trapped, the group encountered some serious health issues due to a severe decrease in genetic diversity. Research shows the woolies faced problems such as high risk of diabetes, low sperm count, and a decreased or absent sense of smell, which is a shame considering Rangel Island was covered in delightful flowers. Still, the Rangel Island woolly mammoths managed to outlast their mainland counterparts for a considerable chunk of time. The majority of mammoths died off around 10,500 years ago, while the Rangel Island clan lasted until about 3,700 years ago. That's not too bad, minus all of the inbreeding. Now it's time for a little mad science. Over the years, scientists have focused on the woolly mammoth for a radical idea. Resurrection. Kind of. Paleogenetics is a new-ish field that deals with the identification and duplication of ancient DNA. Since woolly mammoths lived a relatively short time ago and given the treasure troves of fossils and, in some cases, well-preserved carcasses scientists have discovered in areas such as tar pits and tundras, could we actually bring the mammoth back to life? Maybe, but probably not. After studying loads of mammoth fossils' and genetic data, researchers found the division of mammoth species to be a bit fuzzy. Instead of a number of species that were genetically clear-cut from one another, it seems more likely there was a main mammoth species that varied in traits but remained able to crossbreed. Because we lack an intact mammoth cell needed to perfectly recreate the species, we'd be forced to pick and choose individual traits we think represent the mammoths. This would result in a mammoth-like creature, but one that was missing much of what made up the crossbred traits of the actual ancient species. There's another element to consider, too. If we did bring a mammoth-like creature back to life, it would be living in an ecosystem completely different from the ice age it once thrived in, and probably wouldn't behave like actual mammoths of the past simply because it wouldn't have to. So in the end, all of these points basically sum up to a very movie-like, we probably can, but should we? So there you go. The sticky, bubbly death of tar pits and the mammoths they took down. There's a new six-pack of facts every Wednesday, so if you're not already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.